Welcome to Fantasy or Reality, the GPP. Whatever road you took to get here doesn't matter. What matters is you're here. My hope is that we all can help one another in this journey. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the second episode. Uh, I'm Steve. I'm a recovering addict and compulsive gambler. I've been clean since July 16th of 2009, and my last date of bet was 5 to 21. I'm 37 years old. I'm married with a wonderful wife and two great kids. I was born in upstate New York, lived most of my life on Long Island. And now we live in upstate New York by Saratoga. We're compulsive gamblers, right? So we're recovering compulsive gamblers. So some of you should know where Saratoga is. You know, I'm going to get a little bit into who I am, how I started playing daily fantasy sports, and up until the first time I was caught, and why I believe I ended up relapsing just over a year later. So, like I said, I was born in upstate New York. I lived here for a few years, and then my family moved us down to Long Island, which is where I spent most of my life before we moved back upstate. My wife and I and my children, we just couldn't make it there anymore. You know, you know, that's part of why I really started gambling or playing daily fantasy sports at a higher, higher rate. So I'll get into that now. So I started playing free fantasy sports, I don't know, maybe around... 30, 31 years old, and my best friend and I were in a yearly uh, fantasy football league, which I always did very well in. You know, I never won first place. Uh, I always came very close. I came in second place, I believe, three out of four years. It was $75 to enter, and, you know, you spend so much time investing into looking into players and reading injury reports and building your lineups, you know, setting them for Thursday games and then setting them for the Sunday games and then setting them for the Monday games. You spend all this time all year long for very little payoff, you know, but at the time it was just fun, you know, but you know, that's, that's for the long time I could play that stuff without a problem. It wasn't until I started playing daily fantasy sports which is where the problem began. So I jumped into that uh, in 2017. You know, earlier that year, we had made a decision to move into my parents' house. Like I said, we grew up on Long Island. It was incredibly expensive. Um, We just were having a hard time saving money. So we made a decision to move into my parents' house to save money to try to buy a home. You know, we really wanted to raise our kids in Southhold. That's where I grew up. My wife loved it there. Um, You know, we had roots there. So we really wanted to try to make it work there. So we made that decision to move into my parents' house, you know, with two children, or, you know, we had one child at that time, my son. And my wife was pregnant with our second child. And we were just... You know, we were scraping by. I was still working 60 plus hours a week. My wife was working at the time. We were making decent money, but anyone from New York knows Long Island is incredibly expensive. 
So, you know, that made me feel down about myself. You know, I worked hard, but you know, I had to drop out of college, which I'll get into when I get into my drug years. Um, I became a truck driver, which for a long time, I used to look down on myself thinking that was, you know, that's all I could do. Now I, I love doing what I do. I make great money at it. And I'm very proud of the fact that I drive a truck. And um, but at the time, I didn't feel that way. And then there was just so many different things, which I'll obviously get into in further episodes. But at that time, I was feeling shame because I felt like I wasn't doing enough for my family. So I was hopeful that moving into my parents' house, we could save enough money and we could actually make it work. We did it for about, you know, six, seven months. We weren't saving a lot of money. I wasn't sure what to do. You know, I, you know, I had my daily, not daily, I had my year-long fantasy league coming up. You know, and like I said, I had done well in those. So I was just trying to figure out a way to make some extra money. You know, I have a great relationship with my parents now, my mom and my stepfather. And I love them very much. Um, at that time, though, I mean, we're adults with children. My wife is very pregnant. Um, it was just difficult. We were butting heads. You know, I love my family, but, you know, I just... In your 30s, you probably shouldn't live with your parents. Um, although at this point, I'm very grateful for it. I'm very grateful we lived there. I'm very grateful we saved the money we did. Otherwise, we wouldn't have the home we have now. Um, but at the time, I was just trying to figure out a way to get us our home as quick as possible. So, you know, I wanted to try to win some money or get some money in some way and surprise my wife and say, hey, look, now we can do this. So I made a poor decision, didn't tell her I was going to try, and went and tried to play daily fantasy sports at the beginning of that football season. You know, I believe it was around $100 I deposited the first time. And that first week, of course, like many of us, I actually did fairly well. You know, anyone who knows DraftKings and FanDuel knows that during the contest, it will show you what you're winning at the time. So... During the 1 p.m. games, I was winning a ton of money. I remember seeing myself winning somewhere around thirteen or $14,000. Um, I was very high up. I was very excited. I couldn't wait for the games to end to tell my wife. And then at the end of it, you know, by the 4 p.m. games, I didn't have very many guys playing at that time. I didn't know much about daily fantasy sports. You know, I dropped down to around 400 bucks, which was, I was still up. But it wasn't enough to change our lives. So I said, all right, I'll, I'll try again next week. And I can't remember the sequence of events of winning and losing. But of course, I never won enough money to get out of there or to, to get the money I thought we needed. Um, you know, I didn't lose a ton of money at that point. I wasn't playing a ton. It was mainly just playing football on the weekends. Um, then it was around December, I believe, where we just came to the realization that Long Island was just not going to work. And I had fought it for years. I never wanted to leave Southold, the North Fork. I loved where I grew up. I wanted to raise my family there. You know, my wife loved it there. It's where, 
you know, we spent the first years of our lives growing our relationship. Um, we have, we have a lot in our hearts for that town. Um, and I, we still miss it, but we love where we are now. But at the time I felt more shame, you know, I, I didn't do enough again. You know, even though, like I said, I worked between 60 and 70 hours a week, we were making good money. We were saving a decent amount of money, but the home prices on Long Island were astronomical. You know, we were looking at mortgages and it was going to be at least 2,800, 3,000 more for, you know, to live out there per month. And we just, we came to the realization it just wasn't going to happen. And that was very hard for me to deal with. You know, we made the decision I was going to transfer to the same company I work for, which is in this area up here in upstate New York. And we were looking at homes up here and they were half to a quarter of the price. The taxes were half to a quarter of the price of what they are down there. But I still, you know, I knew that this is what we had to do. And we actively started looking at places up here to rents, to get to know the place some more before we decided to buy. But I still wanted that Hail Mary praying I could win some money and keep us there and be the hero. Um, because like I said, I didn't feel great about who I was at that time. And I thought that was the only way I could make myself feel better was by winning a large amount of money, surprising my wife with it, and hopefully keeping us on Long Island. And I started playing basketball every day. Not every day, but I mean, a lot more than football. Football was once a week. Basketball, you could play every day. Um, so I started doing that. You know, I didn't do much at first. I didn't, you know, didn't win a lot, didn't lose a lot. Then around February or March, around the time of the All-Star break, there was some free promotion that they sent to their players that I think if you had played $500 the previous month, they sent you this free promotion where you could enter and the top prize or the winner would get an all expenses paid trip to Los Angeles to see the Brooklyn Nets play the Los Angeles Clippers. I didn't think much of it because I hadn't won at all before that. And I think I had $2 in my account at that point. So I had the free entry and two bucks and wouldn't you know it, I won that contest. And at first I was excited, you know, I, I had won, I think a couple hundred dollars in my $2 entry. Um, and I had won the trip out there. And at first I was excited, but that's when I, the first time I really started to realize it. You know, not that it was an addiction. I never realized it was an addiction the entire first time I played daily fantasy sports. I never saw gambling as an addiction. I don't know if it was because I was, you know, addicted many times to different substances. And when you got off it, you felt physically ill or you had some type of physical side effects. And I just didn't see it as an addiction at the time. But that was the first time I realized something was wrong because I said, Oh my God, I, I can't tell my wife that I won this trip. I'm playing this try to win, trying to win money so we can stay on Long Island and win some big jackpot. 
I can't say I've been entering contests and because I played $500 the month before I've got this entry to, and now I won this, this trip. So what did I do? I had to decline the trip. I remember emailing FanDuel saying for whatever reason uh, I couldn't go. And I asked for some, you know, some Brooklyn Nets tickets. Um, just to go see a local game. I forget how I even told my wife I got the tickets. I think I said I won them in some free contest entry. But, you know, that was the first time I realized that there wasn't, there was something off with the way I was doing this, you know. I guess for a while, I just didn't see it as a problem or an addiction. I just thought if I won this big prize, I'd seem like this hero. And because for years I played um, the free fantasy and for years I played my, my season longs, I, I just did not make the connection jumping from one to the next that this was a gambling addiction. You know, when I thought of gambling uh, problems, like I had never, like I said, I didn't even see gambling as an addiction at that point. Uh, you know, I saw someone who would buy, you know, 20 scratch off tickets in front of me. You know, I could buy uh, a $20 scratch off, win a hundred bucks, throw it in my pocket and never think anything about it. I saw gambling addiction as someone who's in the casino for days. Um, and I had been to the casino a few times with my wife in our relationship. We went to go see Bill Burr a couple of times at Mohegan Sun. And I remember when I was 21, I think I went with my mom and I would just play a hundred bucks or 50 bucks. And if I lost it, I lost it. If I won, I won. Wonderful. Great. I didn't care. You know, on my bachelor party, we went to Atlantic City and I think I took 50 bucks, put it on our roulette table and walked out with 180. So I never saw gambling as a problem for myself. And that, when I thought of gambling, I thought of table games, casinos. I never thought that daily fantasy sports was gambling until the second time I started gambling again, which I'll get into in the next episode after this. But anyway, so I got the tickets to the Brooklyn game and my wife and I went and we had a good time. I remember that game, I think it was the Nets versus the 76ers. And I believe TJ McConnell was on that team. Short little white dude. He was running around like a maniac. And um, my wife really liked him. I just remember that from that game. But um, after that, I kept trying to win. And at that point, I had gotten a small credit card to build my uh, credit up so we could get a house. I needed to get my credit score up. So I just got a small credit card. I think it was only about 250 bucks. And without even really realizing it, by just doing 20 bucks here, 50 bucks there, I, I maxed it out within like a, a week. Um, paid it off, maxed it out, paid it off, maxed it out up until the beginning of May. And at that point, my wife called, I believe it was Quicken Loans to see, you know, the first steps of getting a mortgage. And at that point, the guy who ran my credit said it was lower than it needs to be. And my wife asked why. And it was because this little card was maxed out. 
So I remember her calling me, I think it was on my way home from work. She asked me, why, why is this card maxed out? And at that point, the panic sets in. I'm like, oh my God, she's going to find out I was doing this. I'm trying to win this money to make our lives better. And now this might be a problem. Um, so I tried to say I spent it on gas. I spent it on food. I tried to say, I'll be more responsible next time. And she's like, no, you obviously can't handle having this card. You're going to give it to me and I'm going to take over it. And I just knew the whole ride home that it wasn't going to be good. So, you know, we got the kids to bed. I gave her the card. She logged in and she saw all these charges. And she was like, what is this? What, what are you doing? We're trying to save money so we can buy a house. Why are you wasting money on this? You need to stop. And I was scared. You know, I, you know, I, like I said, I felt shame for a lot of things. And now I felt shame for this. I didn't want to risk my relationship with my wife or my kids. You know, we, when we sat down and were talking about it, we didn't ever said it was a gambling addiction. We never even thought about it being a problem. She'd known about my, you know, issues in the past with addictions and, and drugs and whatnot. But, you know, all we really said was, or she said something like, uh, this felt like it was a relapse. We never said it was an addiction. We never said it was a problem. She just said to just stop. And, you know, I didn't want to dig into it further. You know, I like, like I've talked about many times in my meetings, like at that point, I, I didn't want to be seen as an addict, especially to my wife. I had almost convinced myself I wasn't an addict, even though for years I was addicted to heroin, cocaine, and a million different drugs. So I stopped, you know, I, I did not want to lose my family or lose my wife. So at that point I stopped. Um, and, you know, I feel the reason why it ended up manifesting later is because I didn't come to terms with the fact that I was an addict. I didn't come to terms. I was a compulsive gambler. Like I said, I didn't even realize it was gambling, you know, daily fantasy sports, especially at that time, they were advertising it as a game of skill. Um, and that's what I thought it was too. I thought if I studied enough, if I did enough research, I would eventually get it. But like I said, I didn't want to lose everything. So I stopped. And I, I probably should have explained this earlier, but you know, for those of you that don't know what daily fantasy sports is, it's like free fantasy or it's, it's like any other fantasy sport, but instead of it being season long where you draft a team with your friends and you have the same players all year and you pick up players in a draft, there are contests that they have and everyone has the same player pool to pick from. So I believe DraftKings had eight spots and FanDuel had nine spots. So I'll give you an example in basketball. I believe on FanDuel, you could pick two point guards, two shooting guards, two small forwards, two power forwards, a center, I think it was a utility spot and it was similar on DraftKings. I think it was one of each one of those and then a guard, a forward, and you could pick one utility guy. 
you know, whether the contest was with 10 people, 10,000 people, 100,000 people, we, you could all pick from this group of players. And you had to keep yourself within a certain salary cap. DraftKings, it was 50000 I can't remember what FanDuel was. Because after I gotten caught this first time in 2018, I had self-excluded myself. Um, so I never played FanDuel again. So when I started playing again the following year, I played exclusively on DraftKings. So, you know, to win any real money, you had to place in the top 10 and really the top two or three. You know, I had come close so many times, which is a reason why I thought I could do it. You know, I can't tell you how many times, not really the first go around, but the second time around, I came so close so many times and it just, it perpetuated the problem. I kept telling myself so many times, you got to stop. you got to stop. You're going to lose your family. I just couldn't stop, you know, and sometimes I get to the end of my rope thinking this is the last time. And then I'd come in like fifth place and win a thousand bucks or something like that, or $2,000. And of course, that's not enough to change your life. At least, you know, not keep you on Long Island or pay off your house, which is, you know, the fallacy that I, you know, the gambler's fallacy that I convinced myself was going to happen and was going to make me seem like a big shot and make me, you know, lose that shame and, you know, be seen by my wife and others, but mainly by my wife as a success because, you know, I'm the only one in my family out of my brother and my sister that didn't graduate college. You know, I had these bad drug addictions, you know, out of my wife's family at that point, you know, we seemed to be the ones who were, you know, doing the poorest, you know, even though we weren't, we were doing well, but that's how I viewed it. And I wanted to be seen as a good husband, a good father, a success. And I was already working 60, 70 hours a week and I couldn't, I just could not see another way to do it. And it's the wrong decision. And being successful is not about the amount of money you have. It's, it's about the love that you have for your family and the respect they have for you. You know, I do well enough driving a truck and I feel like more of a success today than I ever have in my life. And it has nothing to do with money. You know, being a part of this recovery community really has saved me, you know, from myself. It's made me a better father and a better husband and better to myself, a better friend to me. You know, if you want to be a better father, a better wife, a better person, whatever you want to be, it's got nothing to do with money. It's got nothing to do with the things you have. You need to love yourself first. You need to let go of that shame. You've got to let go of that self-doubt, that self-hatred, all that stuff that we feel when we're in, a, in an addiction or just the stuff that we tell ourselves why we're not good enough. We are. You are. You are good enough. You know, even if you don't have the job you want, if you don't have the money you think you need, to, it doesn't matter. If you've got someone that loves you or even if you don't, if you love yourself, 
and can really enjoy life. That's that's what matters most, at least in my heart. You know, like I said in the last episode, I'm happy with who I am today. I'm happy to say I'm a recovering addict and compulsive gambler. And it's okay. And like I said, it's okay if that's who you are too. So, you know, I appreciate you listening to this. I'm very excited to be doing this. I'm glad to be part of this community because like I've said in the past, these podcasts helped me so much, especially in the beginning of my recovery and, and to this day. So I'm just happy to be a part of this. And if it helps one person, then it makes me happy. Um, so that's the first part of my gambling story. I'll get into how I relapsed, why I relapsed, and why I believe it manifested. You know, it 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 came back for similar reasons. And then I'll get more into in the next podcast. So thank you very much for listening. I'll talk to you soon. Here's where to get help. You can call or text 1-800-522-4700. That's the National Council on Problem Gambling. Or you could call 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537. This is where I found um, the link to my therapist through my local counselor. And then also, we cannot forget our affected others. My wife goes to Gammonon every week, and it's been a huge help to her. So anyone in your life who you feel like needs help or you've affected through your gambling, you can go to Gammonon.org, G-A-M-A-N-O-N.org. The number is 718-352-352. One six seven one.